Now, how many of y'all like to be punished or disciplined? And yes, you can raise your hands for this. Yeah, Keith, put, put your hands down. Y'all, see, nobody likes being punished. Nobody likes getting disciplined, right? And so what I want to go over, if any of y'all like to write down and write titles down, it's how to accept discipline. Now, I'm going to be doing the Snyder Cut, so y'all stay here. I've got food coming. We're going to stay the night. Y'all skip work. It's going to be a good time. Just kidding. It's not going to take that long. Four hours. Yes, that's how long we're going. But no. So I want to start off with a little story from my childhood. Well, growing up, I lived in the wonderful place of Fredericksburg, Virginia. And uh, we had an awesome house there. It was a two-story place where it had a main floor and a basement. Well, we essentially overhauled said basement. We took out the carpet and put down nice tile flooring. We took out all the drywall, put up new drywall, painted. And the very last thing we wanted to do before we were totally finished was put one of those windows that go into the basement, you know, where there's like a kind of a hole and the sun shines through. Because basements are dark, and we weren't about that because I was homeschooled, and we needed natural light in there so we didn't feel like moles or something. So what my parents wanted to do was dig one of those windows, and so the light would come in. Well, my dad was a very busy guy. He worked Monday through Friday, I think had to be like 12-hour shifts. I mean, he worked hard. And the last thing he wanted to do... And I could imagine him thinking this. Last thing he probably wanted to do when he was off the whole weekend was dig a hole. Well, he just happened to have three teenage boys at the house all the time because we were homeschooled. So he thought, well, they're homeschooled, so they've got to do school. This is me picturing what his brain was going through. And he was probably like, you know, they're teenage boys. Teenage boys like to get in trouble. So their punishment is going to be digging this hole. Well, I was a good kid. I don't know about y'all. I was a great kid. I don't know what y'all are talking about. But I had one brother, Justin, who he was, he was a bit of a troublemaker. And his biggest thing was he would lie sometimes. When I say sometimes, it was more than sometimes, sometimes. And so whenever he got in trouble, instead of doing the typical, you're grounded, we're going to take this thing up from you, whatever, it was, all right, Justin, go dig the hole. So he would get the shovel, and he dug like 90% of this hole. And then it got about five feet deep. That was a deep hole. And then eventually we installed the window, and it was awesome. It was fantastic to finally have some light down there that that was natural. And so what I learned from that, first off, is don't lie because you're going to start digging holes. It's not fun. And then the second one was, out of discipline, there can be, and there typically is, good things that happen from it. But see, the problem is right now, and this isn't necessarily talking to y'all, but in general, people have a tough time accepting discipline. And the reason being is, especially nowadays, it's this entitled feeling a lot of people get nowadays. It's this, you walk into a room or you talk to a certain person and you expect them to treat you or act a certain way. People go in that all the time and 
The thing is, is they do this on a regular basis. Like, say, for instance, if you go through a drive-through line, you expect to be through quickly, right? You know, you, you expect it. You feel entitled to have that happen. Or, I mean, it could be anything. You, if feeling entitled and feeling like you deserve something. And you try to justify, some people do, justify doing wrong because they, well, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be punished for this. I feel like I was right in this situation when they do mess up. And the thing is, is I am not, I can say that I've had that feeling myself. I know that. That's why I have that on here is I have felt that feeling before where I have been punished and I thought, I didn't do anything wrong. What's wrong with these people? I don't know what they're talking about. These folks are crazy. But that's the thing is when you feel entitled and you're not going to get the you know, reaction you think, you get angry and get ticked off. You're like, man, this person should have talked to me like this. They shouldn't have treated me like this. I felt they did me dirty. The thing is, and I learned this as a kid, that um, nine out of ten times we get mad it's a, for a selfish reason. If you ever look at it and you ever sit back and you think about why you got upset about something, typically if you are being honest with yourself, you can realize, I did that because I was being selfish in this way, or, oh, I acted because I thought I should have had it this way, which... If you put yourself in the other person's shoes, maybe they were just doing things for the better of everyone else. And so to take that into consideration. So the problem is, is this entitled thought process makes us feel like, you know, oh, I'm always right. And if they don't learn from a discipline, they continue to do the same problem over and over and over and over again. And they keep getting upset. Why do they keep getting mad at me doing this thing? They don't learn from it. And that's where discipline comes in. See, discipline isn't here for the most part. Now, I'm going to say for the most part because, I mean, nine out of ten times, if you're getting disciplined, it's not because the person's mad at you that are trying to get at you or trying to tick you off. It's because you did something that you shouldn't have done, and they're trying to teach you to not do that again. So the first way to accept proper discipline, I say proper because there is a very few times when people really are trying to just get under our skin, but again, 99% of the time, they're not. The first thing we need to do is humble ourselves. So let's go to 1 Peter 5.5. Oh, y'all, who's got your bibbles? I say that to the kids in kids' church. Get your bibbles! And they're like, not bibbles, Mr. Jordan. And I'm like, I know. I'm just trying to be funny, and y'all don't think I am. <laughs> but First Peter 5.5 5 says, In the same way, you who are younger, submit yourselves to your elders. All of you, clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but shows favor to the humble. And so... When we look at humility, we realize humility is the exact opposite of entitlement. If you think about what entitlement is, it's you feel like you deserve something or deserve a way to be treated or deserve an action towards you. Humility is when we realize we owe them 
we aren't owed anything. In fact, in, if anything, we are in debt to them. That is humility. And in the same way, when we were saved and we realized that God came down from heaven, born as a baby, he humbled himself so that we can be saved. When we see that, then we can realize what real humility actually is. And so it talks about clothing yourself in humility in 1 Peter 5, 5. And I have a funny, funny dream that I used to have forever and ever. And I haven't had it in a while, but watch me have one tonight. It was a recurring dream. Y'all have ever had recurring dreams? Craziest things. And this one was I would be in nothing but my birthday suit at Walmart hiding in the clothes racks. You know, the ones you would hide in as kids? And I would be, like, freaking out. I'd be, like, hiding behind stuff, like, I hope nobody sees me. And I'm, like, jumping between different racks. And the whole time, I'm seeing these people around me. They don't care. They're just, like, whatever. And they're going off shopping and doing their own thing. And I'm, like, hiding myself, kind of like, don't look at me. What, what does that have to do with clothing? Well, I didn't have any in that dream. But... What's interesting is when I was reading through this, I saw an interesting parallel with clothing yourself with humility and Adam and Eve in the garden. See, we know this story of Adam and Eve, right? We grew up with it. They were chilling in the garden with God. I'll give you all the cliffs notes if you, you know, I forget. They were chilling in the garden with God. They're hanging out. I don't know. They are probably shooting some b-ball outside of the school. And then when one certain guy showed up, to do no good, Satan, he, he came up to Adam and Eve and was like, hey, you know that tree you ain't supposed to eat from? Yeah, so if you eat it, you're going to be like God. And they're like, I bet, let's do it. And they ate from it, and they sinned. And then when they did, they realized, oh, snap, I'm naked. I got, mm-mm, I got to go hide. And so then God's coming, you know, going through the garden. It's like, hey, Adam, Eve, where y'all at? And they're like, over here. And they're like, He's like, what are, you, what are you two doing? And they're like, we're hiding. He's like, what are you hiding from? Well, we're naked. I don't want nobody to see us. And he was like, hold up. Who told you y'all were naked? And he's like, well, we ate that fruit. And so God was like, all right, y'all are out. But before, before they left, they sewed themselves up garments of fig leaves to be presentable towards God before they could leave. And so what's interesting about that is in the Garden of Eden, they had to clothe themselves to be presentable. And in the same way, for us to be able to properly accept discipline, we need to clothe ourselves, cover ourselves in humility. Because, see, the thing is, is if we live in the flesh, we live with that entitlement, And if you live within that entitlement, then you're just like you're running out there emotionally or however, just buck wild, just wide open. And the thing is, is in order for us to learn, we need to clothe ourselves first with humility. And so the interesting thing that I found about this that just blew my mind and it was hilarious. I was like doing the study and I was freaking out like at six o'clock in the morning. When Becca was asleep, it was, I realized humility is like our spiritual draws. Y'all know what I'm talking about, spiritual underwear. And I was like, God, what, why did you, 
what? And bear with me. See, when we are saved, we had to humble ourselves before God, before we could accept the faith and become Christians and follow God. See, we had to die to ourselves. We had to put our flesh down, become humble to become saved. And so before we are even able to put on the, like say, I don't know, the breastplate of righteousness and clothe ourselves with righteousness, before we do that, we need to humble ourselves before God. So that is why I call it your spiritual draws. Is because you, before you can even be in right standing before God, you need to humble yourselves. Before you get that spiritual covering that Christ gave us, we needed to humble ourselves. And in the same way, we need to humble ourselves before we even start thinking about accepting and learning from this discipline. And so, first thing, of course, is to humble yourself. Second thing, all you note-takers, is you need to be willing to learn and seek what is being taught. So we're going to go through a whole lot of Proverbs because I love Proverbs and it has a whole lot of goodness when it comes to discipline and learning. So the first verse is Proverbs 1.5. Y'all want to flip there? I'll give y'all a minute. I'm going to give Keith a minute. And I loved, I love going through Proverbs. It is chock full. You can break down one verse and do a whole lesson on just one verse. It's amazing how rich it really is. But Proverbs 1.5 says, Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. So the first thing you need to do in when it, well, the second thing at this point in learning from discipline is you actually need to hear what they are saying. So you need to first put your flesh down, put on humility, and actually listen to what they're saying. Most of the time when you are being disciplined, what they are saying isn't here to hurt you. You need to realize that those words aren't out of spite. They aren't out of, oh, you messed up, so I'm going to whoop you. No, it is, those words are not out of trying to harm you, typically. They're trying to help you, to help you learn and grow and develop and to put you back on the right path. And so that is what you need to do, is you need to first hear what they are saying and understand why they are disciplining you. You need to realize what, what you did wrong. And so one thing that I learned was I've seen people do this, and I really like this approach, was whenever their kids mess up, I've seen parents do things like, now, do you know why I'm disciplining you? And telling them and explaining it, and then they tell you back in nursing. We call that teach-back method, fun fact. And so then you know they understand. They may not be happy. And typically, in real tough discipline, you're not going to be pretty happy when it comes to being disciplined. But when they understand why, it may not be fun now. It may be a little painful now going through that discipline. But that is going to be much better from that discipline, that little pain then, than the future pain if you continue to do what you were doing wrong. 
So you need to first hear what they are saying and understand why they are disciplining you. And of course, you need to choose to listen. You, you need to make that conscious effort to listen. It's not just going to come into your head and just sit in there. Y'all know things go in one ear out the other, right? Like, bless Becca's heart. I love her. I love her. She's so great. But she will be at one side of the house going, hey, Jordan, did you take out the trash? And I'm just over here, I don't know, playing Xbox, just farting around, just pew, 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 pew. And I don't hear a thing. I didn't hear a word of that. And then about five minutes go by, and she comes in. Hey, did you take out the trash? And I'm like, what? You didn't tell me that. And she's like, yeah, like 10 minutes ago. And I'm like, I'll go take out the trash. So first thing you need to do is you need to choose to listen. And it happens in, like, say, school all the time. Whenever you're just chilling in the back of the class, and it's so hard, especially when you're in college and you've got those two-hour classes, you have to make a conscious effort to learn in class sometimes because let me tell you, the littlest thing will take your attention away. And you know what's interesting is sometimes when God is trying to teach you something, Satan is that little fly outside the window buzzing around like, hey, hey, you don't need to listen to that. Come, uh, come check out what I'm doing. It's not interesting, but it's not what he's saying. And you get distracted by that. Satan will throw that little thing over there or just something will try to preoccupy your mind. And the thing is, is you need to make a choice on learning what is being taught to you through discipline. One of the biggest things that will kind of get in your way is, well, oh, that person is just mad at you. They don't think they know, they, they think you're dumb. They don't think you, they just want to make you mad. And you know they're trying to get at you. And that's a stumbling block. See, discipline, again, is not something there typically to make you mad, to harm you. It is there to bring you back on the right path so you don't get hurt. And you need to remember that. And when you know that, you can then learn and find out what the lesson you're being taught is. See, Proverbs 12.1, next verse we're going to, says, whoever loves discipline loves knowledge, but whoever hates correction is stupid. And I love it because it's just so blunt. It's like, if you don't like to learn, you're dumb. And I'm like, well, cool, thanks. That was easy. I could get that. And see, Austin, I'm totally stealing this from you, by the way. If you aren't paying attention to the lesson from discipline, one of two things is happening. Either you're, there isn't a lesson or you're not paying attention if you're not listening to that discipline. See, there is always a lesson with discipline. Even if that person isn't telling you, this is why you're doing this and this is why, because you are doing that, I am correcting you. Even if they don't spell it out and break it out for you, if you're being punished, you need to realize, okay, let me think. I did this thing and then I was punished, so don't do that thing and then we are good to go. So even if it is not being spelled out for you, which a lot of the time I have learned, it just isn't. You need to go seek out that lesson. Be willing to go find the lesson in the discipline. And so, again, if you are actively seeking out the lesson, there will be something to learn to bring you growth, not only personally but spiritually as well. See, God will give us discipline to help us spiritually grow. 
And the thing I've learned about how God disciplines, it can be a number of ways. It can be through, well, pretty harsh lessons, or it can be just him being like, hey, just a little nudge. Um, I was listening to another podcast I was listening to, and the pastor that was doing it was saying that he got super duper mad at his daughter for leaving out a bunch of pears in the garage, and they went bad. He, I mean, he got like furious, like Jesus flipping tables furious kind of thing, but it wasn't from the right heart. See, he got mad, and he was disciplining them, but he wasn't teaching her a lesson, and he didn't realize that at the time. And so he went and walked out to just kind of cool off. And then he realized, he looked up, he saw it was a beautiful day. Sun was shining down. And he realized God was telling him, hey, by the way, I mean, you are cooling off right now. I could send a car to knock some sense into you while you are walking down this road. Or maybe I can just remind you gently, hey, that wasn't right. So sometimes discipline comes in a either a good solid whooping from a switch, and sometimes it comes from a gentle nudge. And you need to be willing to know when that discipline is coming to be able to learn from it. And so we're going to look at Proverbs 19.20, and it says, Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. And so Jesus, he went in and he went and taught through parables and lessons through that, and he even explained it at the end a lot of the times. And so we may get that. We may get that lesson. We may get the explanation at the end, and it's going to be great. Or you might not. See, the thing is, is you can learn from your mistakes, but you can also learn from someone else's discipline and grow from that. See, I did that a lot with my brother Justin. And I mentioned that he kind of liked to fib a lot and lie a bunch. Well, he did. Like, for instance, one time he went and said he was going to go hang out with some friends for the night. Well, we're teenagers, and he was able to go drive the truck out. So my dad was like, yeah, sure. And then he drove off. Well, a week later, he showed back up. My parents were like, where did you go? He didn't have a cell phone, guys. It's, 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 It's possible to not have a cell phone, okay? That's why they didn't call him. But he didn't have a cell phone, and so they're like, Justin, where'd you go? And he's like, don't worry about it. I'm fine. I didn't, I'm back at least. And, and they got furious at him. And the reason they got mad at him was because he lied. He didn't say he was going to be gone a week. He said he was going to be gone that night just for a couple hours. And then they proceeded to ground him and keep him at the house, and he couldn't go anywhere. And so I learned from that. I learned from it because... I saw that happening, and I saw what he said. I saw him leave. I saw him eventually come back, and I saw what he said again and what my parents did. And I learned that, okay, if you are just honest with what you say, then you're not going to get in trouble. Yes, if you do mess up, but you tell the truth, the amount of discipline typically is less because you told the truth. And another thing about telling the truth, a little rabbit trail here, is it's telling the truth, it's the easiest story to follow. When you lie, it's like you stack up wonky dishes. You put the first one down, you're like, okay, cool. I've just got to keep track of that, make sure I tell the same thing to everybody, and it's great. 
And then they bring, then something else happens. Well, you got to stack another wonky dish on it. So you're like, okay, okay, I got to keep track of this one and this one. And then it builds, and then it builds, and then it builds. And then the more it builds, eventually you will mess up, you will lie, and they will catch it, and then it comes crashing down, and the higher your stack goes, the bigger the mess. So that's where, when it comes to lying, don't lie. The easiest thing, and honestly, for me, it's the laziest way to do it. Just tell the truth. You can't forget the truth if it happened. So just tell the truth, and I've learned it will keep you out of a whole lot of trouble. So the third thing is, okay, so first, you need to humble yourself, right? Second, you need to be willing to learn and seek the lesson. And third, you need to apply the learning, apply what you were taught. So we're going to bump out of Proverbs and jump all the way over to James 1, 22 through 25. And so what it says there, it says, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror. For he looks at himself and goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts. He will be a blessed, he will be blessed in his doing. So it's good to be humble. You need to humble yourself. Yes. Yes, you need to learn, look for the lesson, seek the lesson, but if you don't apply what is taught, it does not matter. When I say that, it's like, for instance, if you are, I don't know, driving down the interstate past the speed limit sign, and it says 70 miles an hour, and you're like, cool, okay, 70, got it. You may be like, okay, I understand that is the law. You may accept that, and you may say, yes, I want to follow the law. But if you're going 100 miles an hour and you get pulled over, go tell that to a cop. If you say, well, no, I saw the speed limit sign. I know it's 70. I accept it's 70. Then he's going to be like, well, why didn't you go 70? And you're going to say, yeah. That's the thing is when you are being disciplined and you finally find the lesson, you need to go and apply it to your life. Because the thing is, is if you don't apply it, it's like you're putting brakes on your spiritual growth. It's like God wants you to grow as tall as you can. He doesn't want anything holding you back. His word says he wants you to give him your yoke, which is heavy. And trust me, we've had those days where it feels pretty heavy, haven't we? And we put on his yoke because it's light. Because the thing about a yoke is, if you've ever seen one on ox, there is one ox on one side and one on the other. And when you're carrying it by yourself, <laughs> dude, it's heavy. It is hard. But when you share the yoke that Christ has, he's carrying the whole thing. That's why it's so light. And so when we decide to not keep this weight on us and continue to mess up over and over and not apply the learning, when we don't apply it, it's just like you're putting your brakes down while hitting the gas at the same time. You're not getting very far. 
But when you learn and you apply it, you let go of the brake. And then you can go full throttle. And you have been corrected and you are back on track. See, it's almost like my parents, they, um, they my, I think it's my grandparents actually, gosh. They had this super cool little track, train track that go around the Christmas tree. And whenever it got derailed, it would be like, and then it's kind of like, It'd be, it'd be on the struggle bus, right? It'd be kind of going, and it would sort of make it around the track, but it would have a really hard time. But when you put it back on track, thing flew, and it went, and it was the coolest thing, because I was like, yeah, Christmas spirit, this is great. <laughs> and that's how it is when you apply what you learned. You get back on track, because before, you were off track, and you weren't able to properly learn and grow. And you can learn mentally, but I've learned in nursing, if you don't know how to apply it, it doesn't really mean a whole lot. It's just head knowledge. And head knowledge is great, but until you apply it, it doesn't really show the knowledge that you actually know. So if you follow the law and what you're being taught, it says you're going to be blessed, is what it says in James. And so I have a fun story about that. I was a kid in all the way in Alaska. I was like six and me and my brothers were acting rowdy in the back I lied I was actually I kind of messed up as a kid sometimes guys sorry but I was we were just not listening to dad we were just farting around in the back of the car in the words of my dad and he would be like boys shh, shh, quit it calm down and we wouldn't we're little kids we're just goofing off at full blast and we didn't listen to dad and so his punishment, when he stopped that car, he said, boys, if you don't be quiet, you're going to get spanking when you get home. You're already not going to get ice cream like I was planning on getting you. And I'm like, hold up. I was thinking to myself, my little six-year-old stuff, I was like, we were going to get ice cream? Oh, wait, what? And he, and he held up to it. Given that, he held up to it. And that blessing of that delicious peppermint chocolate ice cream I was going to get was not there because I did not listen and apply what I knew. I knew if I, if I listened to my dad and I heard him, I'll be honest, kids will say, oh, I didn't hear you. They heard you. And I heard him. But I, and I knew if I wasn't quiet that I would get disciplined, but I just kept going because I didn't apply it. And so I knew I could have humbled myself and I could have accepted what I learned and applied it, but I didn't. And because of that, I did not get that blessing. And so it's the same way whether it is we are being taught here on earth or we are being taught spiritually. If we do not heed that and we stay off track, we will not get the full blessings that God has for us. So I want to kind of wrap things up with Psalm 23.4. Now, y'all know Psalm 23, but I'm going to take a little snippet from it here real quick. And it says in Psalm 23.4 that even though I walk through the darkest valley, the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you're with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now, if y'all have ever seen a shepherd do y'all ever see them with, like, two nunchucks going around, two sticks, walking, like, hiking poles kind of thing? No. They've got one staff. 
They've got one stick they're rocking with right now, and that is it. And so when it says near the end here, your rod and your staff, they comfort me, it's the rod of discipline, I like to think of, where it helps keep the sheep in line, but the staff is there to protect them. See, the thing is, is discipline comes from the same place. It comes in a form of correction, but it also comes in a form of protection. So proper discipline isn't there to harm you. The staff from the shepherd wasn't there to harm the sheep. It was there to correct them when they went astray, because otherwise, you know, lions, tigers, and bears are a real thing, right? Well, how, about, how do we know? We've got our own enemy lurking like a lion, ready to devour us. And if we aren't careful, then we can get led astray. So discipline is to correct us, but it is also to protect us. So I just want to round up with saying that this was not an easy thing that I knew that I had to say. But growing up in a house with a dad who... 20 years of military experience and plenty of discipline to bring back with it, I learned that God was like, you know what? If anyone is going to bring something like this, it's going to be me. And I was like, okie dokie. So that is another thing is when just a little extra tidbit is when God's speaking to you, be sure to listen. And when you do listen, go through with it because God's got something good for you whenever he is trying to tell you something.